Wherever cancer is, Hancock Health will fight. In any part of you and in all corners of East Central Indiana. From Indianapolis to Greenfield to Knightstown to Greensburg. From hospital rooms to family rooms, we fight. With technology and medicine. With care backed by the wisdom of Mayo Clinic. For you, for your family, and for your future in Decatur County. We fight cancer here. HancockHealth.org slash cancer. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock it! My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here with a very special guest. A couple of guests on the DriveHubler.com hotline. The folks from the Murder Sheet podcast have been doing very fascinating work with this Delphi murder story over the last couple of years. Anya and Kevin are with us. Anya is a journalist. Kevin is an attorney. Now, Anya, let's start with you. Were you guys at the courthouse today? We were indeed. Uh, we got here early and we waited out. It was actually snowing at one point uh, with, with other media representatives just waiting for the doors to open. And then when the trial did, uh, when the pretrial hearing did kick off, we were there in the courtroom. We were actually sitting uh, almost directly behind Richard Allen himself. So pretrial hearing, what exactly does that mean? What exactly uh, goes on at a pretrial hearing? Well, at a pretrial hearing, they're basically trying to iron out some of the logistical procedural matters that need to be taken care of and addressed before the trial itself begins. There were some questions about what evidence, what information or materials that the prosecution has that they need to turn over to the defense. There were some questions about this gag order that's in place. And there were even questions about whether or not it would be possible to have a fair trial for Richard Allen in Delphi considering that the town is so small and so many people here have a personal connection to the case. Okay, so Kevin, let's get into some of these things here. What is the latest on the jury selection? Well, Judge Gull said, and all the attorneys agreed, that it would be difficult, if not impossible, to find an unbiased jury, uh, find an unbiased jury here in Carroll County. Uh, she w- did indicate, however, that she was very reluctant to move the trial elsewhere because so many of the witnesses, so many of the family members of these girls, so many family members of the defendant, Richard Allen, they're all here. And it seemed like an unfair burden to make them go elsewhere for the trial. And so her solution was, let's pick the jury from another county and then have that jury come to Carroll County for the actual trial. And let's just definitely have the trial in Delphi. Uh, before we get back to what happened inside the courtroom today, Anya, can you tell us a little bit about what happened outside the courtroom, what the atmosphere was like, where there's spectators there? I, I thought I've heard some uh, clips of some, uh, some heckling and some shouting as Richard Allen was entering the courthouse. Right. So we um, waited outside sort of at the designated public or media entrance. And basically what you're seeing, we were kind of basically first in line. You're seeing on the inside 
all of this law enforcement presence. They're there. They're getting their um, metal detector set up. Uh, so, you know, they're, they're making sure this whole scene is secure. And it's a lot of law enforcement that you're seeing there. There were fewer media representatives and members of the public present at the courthouse this time around compared to at the last pretrial hearing. Because I think at this point, you know, back then it was like the first pretrial hearing. People were very, very interested. People are still interested, but the public presence was less and the media presence was a bit less. Um, it was very cold. There was a lot of anticipation, but a lot of acknowledgement that, you know, these hearings can always be somewhat interesting, but usually they're going to be pretty by the book and not necessarily contain any huge revelations about the case. So I think people were just curious to see what are we going to learn from this? What can this tell us about the case against Richard Allen? We did not see him brought be brought in. Um, certainly some media photographers were established outside in order to sort of capture his uh, kind of transfer from the vehicle into the courthouse itself. But by that point, we were already inside the courthouse having kind of secured our seats and we were just basically waiting for things to start. Got off to a bit of a delay today. Um, Judge Gull is very punctual, but in this case, there were some important discussions that were going on in her chambers between prosecution, defense, and the judge. So basically, a bit of a, bit of a delay in terms of when we started. It was supposed to start at 10. I think it started maybe closer to 10.30. And at that point... Um, Richard Allen was brought in. We kind of all saw him, and he was seated with his defense counsel. We're speaking with Anya and Kevin from the Murder Sheet podcast. Uh, they were covering Delphi suspect Richard Allen's court appearance earlier in the day. Uh, Kevin, let's go back to you and to some of the things that we learned inside the courtroom today. You mentioned just a moment ago that it looks like a jury will come from another county for this trial, but the trial will stay in Delphi. What else did we learn today? That was probably the biggest thing we learned today. Another thing, there was a question of uh, the judge has issued a gag order in the case. She issued a temporary gag order earlier, and there was a question today as what was going to happen to that. Was she going to make it permanent? Basically, she did kind of make it permanent, but at the same time, she loosened it a bit. She indicated that the attorneys in the case would be allowed to discuss with the media basic procedural things. Like, oh, there's a hearing coming up on this date and things like that. But they couldn't get into much more detail than that with the media. And she also reminded the people in the courtroom that the gag order also applies to family members since they are likely going to be witnesses in the case. Kevin, it sounds to me, just from following this from the reports that I've heard, that the judge uh, that has been appointed for this situation really wants the prosecution and the defense to kind of work together a little bit to come up with some solutions here. The judge is asking for them to work together to find a county that the jury can come from, and they want the prosecution and the defense to work together on what evidence has to be turned over to the defense team. As an attorney, Kevin, is this normal? Uh, it's, it's, it is relatively normal, especially, I think, in a high-profile case like this. She, the judge doesn't want to see this case tried in the media. And if you have the prosecution and the defense sniping at each other in the media, yeah. things get very ugly very quickly. And so she actually 
at several points during the hearing today, she mentioned how she wanted them to work together. As you indicated, it was very striking. Anya, uh, what was the demeanor like of Richard Allen and his uh, defense team? And, you know, compare and contrast that to uh, the victims' families also being in the courtroom, and, and I'm sure lots of emotions there. Absolutely. It's always very, um, on some level, upsetting to be present at these courtroom hearings yeah. because you, there is so much pain in that room, right? And when it comes to Richard Allen, he came in, he was sort of dressed in his yellow prison jumpsuit. His hands were chained in front of him. He looked more worn down, I think, as Kevin put it uh, in our earlier conversation with each other. He looked like beaten down, basically. And I imagine being incarcerated for this long does that to a person. And as he walked by um, the row in front of us, uh, there were two women seated there. We believe that one of them was his wife and the other one was his mother. And he mouthed, I love you, to his wife and mother. And um, his wife seemingly mouthed back, you know, love you too. And so there's that kind of... um, the, the family members of, of Allen's looked very, very upset. He looked very upset. Um, a lot of a lot of pain there. And then on the other side of the room, you have the families of Abby and Libby. And I mean, this has just been obviously the loss of a child is such a devastating event. And on top of that, there's been so much scrutiny from the public, scrutiny from the media that they've had to deal with for five plus years and no answers until now. And now they're finally getting um, some sort of, uh, you know, criminal justice proceedings in this case. And they're there. They're not well, no longer allowed to really speak too publicly about the facts of the case, but they're continuing to advocate for these children that they lost, you know, by through their presence and through kind of remaining unified in support of the prosecution of Richard Allen. So it's it's certainly a situation where you're recognizing that on both sides, there's a lot of hurt and you're, um, we're just interested to see where this goes going forward. Everyone, I think, wants to see justice done for Abby and Libby um, and, you know, we hope that that can be found in this trial for sure. Speaking with the, the host of the Murder Sheet podcast, one more thing before we let you go, uh, Kevin, there's got to be so much discovery. I mean, so many uh, years and years of evidence the prosecution has to hand over to the defense. The trial was supposed to start, uh, if I'm not mistaken, sometime in March. It doesn't look like that's going to be on time, does it? It doesn't. And as a matter of fact, that was actually addressed in this hearing briefly the judge indicated, you know, the discovery alone, as he indicated, is voluminous. There's thousands and thousands of tips and emails and reports the police have done, have on this case. And she said, it doesn't seem like we can do this in March, basically. I'm paraphrasing. And she asked the defense if they agreed with that, if they wanted to set another date at this time. And they asked, the judge to hold off on that and they indicated they would address the issue of whether or not they wanted to reschedule the trial at the next pre-trial hearing which is actually a bail hearing for uh, mr allen next month so if somebody wants to follow your work on this story where do they go uh, you can check out the murder sheet on any podcast platform. Just look up the murder sheet and you'll find us. Um, in addition to that, if you'd like to join our Facebook discussion group, you can go to the murder sheet Facebook discussion group or rather the murder sheet discussion group on Facebook. And uh, we don't moderate it, but we're, we sometimes pop in once in a while and chat about the cases we cover with our listeners. Anya, Kevin, from the Murder Sheet Podcast, thank you so much for the updates, and we'll talk to you soon. 
Thanks for having us. Matt Baer has a look at the roads.